0: This is Warrior Podcast, changing the world by introducing warriors to the warrior god. I'm Elizabeth Andrade, here with Connor and Mario. Have you ever missed the mark? Like, have you ever just failed at something that you were supposed to achieve and it was just so horrible? You missed the mark and it was obvious?
1: Yeah, missing the mark is a good phrase. That's an interesting phrase. And one thing I used to be foolishly proud of in high school, so when I was in high school, I was the quarterback for my football team, which... If it was down here in the great state of Texas might be impressive, but let me tell you where I'm from. That's not impressive whatsoever. But one thing I used to be strangely proud of is sometimes a quarterback has to throw the ball away. Sometimes if you're not a football fan, sometimes nobody's open and you are about to get tackled. So you have to throw the ball like out of bounds just to have a dead play, a play that doesn't count. Every time I would have to do that, I would try to hit the referee in the chest in a good way, in a good way.
2: I would try to is there a good way to
1: do it? <laughs> okay, I would try to throw the ball to the referee. Just to, in my head, I don't know. I thought it was funny. Guys would throw the ball out of bounds. I would just try to look for a referee and just <laughs> pretend like that was my receiver and hitting him. And I have a couple on film that are awesome, where I nailed the referee in the chest in a great way, and he caught it. And I would like try to joke around. Referees are not very good at joking around, oftentimes. But it was a dumb thing to be proud of because the play didn't count at all. And yet in my head, I was putting so much stock in effort. Like I would put more effort into those throws than I would throws that actually counted in a game. I was like, oh, there's the ref down the sideline. Here we go, Chuck. <laughs> and just try to hit him. And there's one that I have on film that's really, really good. So if this episode of Warrior Podcast gets 500 views, then we'll release that footage of me throwing footballs to referees. Yep. But I really, I missed the mark. That's the point of the story. I'm, I should have been trying to hit the people that were playing on my team. And instead I was throwing the ball to
0: referees. (laughs) You hit A mark, just not the, just not the right one. (laughs) I I don't know. What about you?
2: Oh, I miss the mark pretty much every day in the kitchen.
1: Mario's a little chef uh, And every time He prepares food for me He tells me That he misses the mark Oh, He does He's one, of those, oh he's one of those Humble guys Where he thinks That it's not that great And yet it's like The most delicious dessert I've ever had In my entire life
2: Now Connor is being too nice I, I, I do not think I'm good at cooking Whatsoever But
0: That's not true There it is right there That's what I'm saying <laughs> Yeah see, see He's missing he the mark He
1: literally just cooked me This like spe- What know. is it Flan? Yeah something like Educate that Educate the people mm-hmm. bro <laughs> That was delicious If this episode yeah. gets five views, we'll release the recipe to Mario's flan.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Not even making me nervous. If this man.
0: gets over a thousand views, then he'll make flan for you.
2: Woo! Uh, okay. <laughs> <Come> on. <laughs> Which one of the thousand?
1: We'll do a raffle, maybe. There we go. We'll figure out how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll Makes figure sense. that out. Stay tuned, warriors. Stay tuned.
0: <laughs> but missing the mark. I mean, we see this in scripture. What would missing the mark be referring to in scripture?
1: A dirty word. Boys Ooh. and girls, Ooh. a dirty so word. It's a braided R podcast. Yes, please, children, if anyone under the age of 12 is watching this or listening, we don't have video yet, maybe one day, the word is sin. It's a word that we don't like to talk about. It's a word that makes us uncomfortable, and rightfully so. Rightfully so, that word makes us uncomfortable. But we do see, to your point, Elizabeth, this idea in Scripture of missing the mark. And the words used for sin in the Bible can be translated literally Missing the mark.
2: Wow. I would never think about that that way. When we hear sin, I think I think the first thought is actually God's wrath. Mm. I don't know if that's most people, but I think from the conversations I had with people, I think that's the first thought that comes to their minds. The consequence of sin. Yeah. So very rarely we talk about what sin actually means. And that's a very interesting way to define that.
1: Yeah, I think you're spot on, man. I think when when most people hear the word sin, they think of the street preachers, right? They think of the street preachers. You're going to hell. Yeah, repent. You have sinned. You are going to hell. Or they Mm -hmm. think of, you know, the most angry people, whether on social media or elsewhere in real life, who are describing this idea of God's wrath and, and screaming about God's wrath. And it is. It is one of those concepts where people think they understand what it is. But when we examine the scriptures...
0: We have a different perspective.
1: Yeah, I think we get a different perspective. I think we get certainly, certainly a more nuanced perspective of what sin is from the scriptures.
0: And that's why we're going back to the basics. Yes. So... When we think about sin, the first place that we see it in scripture is our favorite passage because we seem to refer to this one a lot. Um, but in Genesis 3, it seems to be the first glimpse that we get in the scriptures into sin.
1: We really have talked about Genesis 3 quite we a sure bit. sure have. On the old warrior podcast. But yes, let's take a look at Genesis 3. This So just a quick recap, story of the Bible. If you've been with us since day one, you already know what we're talking about. And praise be to God for you, you warrior theologian. We're talking about the story of the Bible. So the first two chapters of Genesis, we see creation. We see God create a wonderful world within which humanity will flourish. And yet only in chapter three, not that far into the book,
0: unfortunately. Genesis is the first book, so we really didn't make it that far. (laughs) It's
1: really unfortunate that things get screwed up very quickly. So Genesis three is where we see what we often refer to as the fall. And again, if you've been with us and you've listened to our story of the Bible series, you know where we're going with this. If you haven't, we would definitely recommend that you go back and check that out as we take a deep dive into this chapter. We're just going to do a basic overview of some of the things in Genesis chapter three and then uh, discuss this kind of nuanced definition of sin that that I think the Bible provides.
0: So since we've been so familiar in Warrior Podcast with Genesis three, it would be a good time maybe to press pause on the podcast and check out Genesis three, give it a good read through and then come back and press play. So having read Genesis chapter three. Let's talk about what we see in here about sin.
1: I think that we see a few things happening here in Genesis three. So hopefully warrior, you've read this passage and you are somewhat familiar with it. If you have listened to the story of the Bible series again, I think that that would be a helpful resource for you in this. Now, as we look at Genesis three, there's a debate among scholars as to the nature of the first sin in scripture. And I just want to maybe throw this out there and just get your guys' thoughts. I don't know that it really matters, spoiler alert, but it's, it's kind of interesting to think about. So most often, if you guys had to summarize in one word how people most often describe the acts of Adam and Eve in Genesis 3, what one word would you choose? What one word do you hear most often? Rebellion? I think that most often people paint it as a rebellion, right? They talk about this rebellion. Adam and Eve rebelled against God. And in some sense, I think that's true. But that's not, I think that's kind of clearly not how Genesis 3 presents the first sin. I think that the picture painted here is disobedience rather than rebellion Hmm. per se. I think that that has a little bit of significance and we can talk about that a little bit. But for the most part, it's just kind of an interesting thing to think about. Uh, I do think that sin is an act of rebellion against God. I do think that sin is also disobedience against God. But I think if you look at the language of... Genesis, John Salehammer is an Old Testament scholar. He is all about this kind of idea that the language in Genesis is God inviting people to obey, basically obey and flourish. And so Adam and Eve disobeyed and therefore they didn't flourish.
0: I remember when we did the series Delighting in the Trinity about the book, um, something that really opened my eyes in there was that Michael Reeves talked about the sin was that Adam and Eve loved something more than they loved God. Because they chose to do the opposite of what God had said to them.
1: Yes. We're kind of walking through a, a little basic military training. Yeah, series. yeah,
0: yeah. We didn't talk about that. We didn't even okay. say that.
1: We just led you right into it, warrior. But we're, gonna, we're going through some of these basic concepts. So last week, we talked about grace. This week, we're talking about sin. Over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about some basic yet fundamental concepts that we think are important, dare I say, imperative to the Christian life. And over the next few weeks, that, what you just said, Elizabeth, is a concept I want to talk about a lot. Yeah. Because I think that that is true. I think that that is most true. But before we get there, let me me introduce something. So if we are, we're looking at this, we're talking about sin overview, it means missing the mark. The words that we see for sin in scripture in Hebrew are translated literally, miss the mark. So that's what it means. It means when we sin, we fall short. We miss the mark. I think the theme of Genesis 3 is disobedience if we are to define sin let me throw something out there okay let me throw something bold out there I'm gonna jokingly call the Shagustin somebody create that hashtag Shagustin so this is Shanahan well hey watch out plus Augustine this is the most blasphemous thing I've ever done in my entire life oh, look my. at you I'm just kidding Augustine is, a, is an ancient theologian, this old guy who was a brilliant writer and thinker and, and teacher of the things of God. And he wrote this book called Confessions. And it is a gritty story narrative talking about his life and his confessions of sin. And over and over and over again, he touches on the point that you brought up a few minutes ago, Elizabeth, that the real nature and root of sin is enjoying things more than we enjoy God. So we're going to continually come back to that. Also, I think that if we are to try to define sin, we can actually define it through this lens. So if we believe, and I think this is all throughout the scriptures, and we're going to talk about this again over the course of the next few weeks. If we believe that God created a wonderful world for humanity to flourish, if we believe that God cares about human flourishing, and if what we see in Genesis is God... Setting boundaries for humanity's good, right? He creates this wonderful world for Adam and Eve and gives them a boundary. Literally just one. Don't eat from this one specific tree. And he says when he gives that, because if you eat from it, you will die. So it's not a negative command. It's supposed to be a life-giving command. Hey, do you want to live? Mm -hmm. Follow me. Obey me. Enjoy. Enjoy this wonderful world. Enjoy all the trees of the whole wide world that I've given you. Enjoy the trees of the garden and then go make the rest of the world look like this garden. Just don't eat from this one tree so that you don't die. Because God created them to flourish. Yet, humanity disobeyed that command, therefore fell instead of flourished. So, I think we can define sin, stay with me here, as refusing to submit to God's design for human flourishing.
2: Does that make sense? Absolutely. Because, like we have been discussing... We tend to love things more than we love God. And and that's the root of the problem.
1: I think you're right. And so, like, as we kind of joked at the beginning that sin is this dirty word and that we don't like to talk about sin, what if we just believe this definition? What if we believe that sin is refusing to submit to God's design for human flourishing? Wouldn't that change our perspective of what it means to sin? Wouldn't that change our perspective of what it means to obey? And so I'd like to look at just one quick example in Proverbs chapter 5, 1 through...
2: Six, My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen well to my words of insight, that you may maintain discretion, and your lips may preserve knowledge. For the lips of an adulteress drips honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she's bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. She gives no thought to the way of life. Her paths are crooked, but she knows it not.
1: So that's a, a, that passage sounds strange, but let me break it down and I promise you this will hopefully change your perspective of what it means to sin. Because again, our definition of sin is refusing to submit to God's design for human flourishing. So here in chapter 5, what Mario just read is we see this adulterous woman personified. So it's not an actual woman that scripture is talking about, but it's just this personification of sexual sin, okay? we're Yeah, we're doing some real talk here on Warrior Podcast. Buckle it's up. It's
0: definitely rated R.
1: Buckle up, <laughs> men and women. Buckle up, warrior. So this personification of sexual sin is described. And as Mario read verse three, though the lips of the forbidden woman or the adulterous woman drip honey, her words, and her words are smoother than oil, in the end, she's bitter. She's sharp as a sword. Her feet go to death. She's headed to the grave. And then verse six Mario, what you read out of what, NIV? Yes. Represent NIV. You said she doesn't consider the way of life. I got the CSB here. It says she doesn't consider the path to life. Now think about that sentence for a second. We're talking about sin. We're talking about sin personified. What we don't see the writer of this passage say is that she is evil and terrible and you know the worst thing ever in the whole entire world. We see some strong language here, but the, the point made is that she doesn't consider the path to life. Mm-hmm. She doesn't consider the way of flourishing. She refuses to submit to God's design for human flourishing. And I, I just think that if we can wrap our heads around this and say, okay, sin doesn't mean that I'm the worst person ever. Or, like I just think that our presuppositions based off of what we see from street preachers or the internet can really corrupt our view of sin. Sin is terrible. And we're going to get in more into this. We're going to talk how even more terrible it is. Yet at the root of it, we need to understand that like sin is evidence that God is inviting us into something deeper. Sin is evidence that God is inviting us into the way of life. And when we sin, this is what we're doing here, Proverbs 5, 6. We are not considering the way to flourishing. But in that is some good news because that means that there is a way of flourishing. It definitely involves hard things like repenting and shifting our allegiance and um, turning around, shifting our perspective, yet I think that that there is good news in this definition that there is a way to life. There is a way to fullness of life. It's found only in Jesus Christ. But that path to flourishing is there. And what sin really is, is refusing to submit to God's design for that path to flourishing.
2: And isn't it beautiful proof of love that God gave us that we can choose? We can choose to follow him and flourish. Isn't it awesome that we can simply deny sin and say, hey, I don't want you in my life and I'm free. Through Jesus, we can say that. Yeah. And we can definitely flourish. Yeah. Yeah. We see that with Joshua looking
1: out at the entire nation of Israel, looking out before this people, this this army and, and this nation. And he says, choose this day whom you will serve. Choose life. Choose to serve the Lord. Choose to obey the Lord and you'll find life and flourishing because God will keep his promises. If you choose to disobey, you will not find flourishing. You will find death in the grave and your life will be bitter.
0: It was great to dive deeper into and go back to the basics of what sin really is. And I think it's so important um, to look at it from this perspective of refusal to submit to God's design for flourishing. Because then we can understand that it it really is all about Jesus and God saving us and transforming our lives. We dove into it a little bit this week. And next week we have more. We're going to talk about sin again. So join us next week for the basics of sin part two. Thank you for listening to us. If you want to trust in Christ, or if you want to learn more about making him the authority over your life, or if you want to learn more about us, send us a message on our Instagram at WGMHQ. That's WGMHQ. We will make sure that someone gets in touch with you. This has been Warrior Podcast with Connor Shanahan. Warrior God Ministries' mission is to change the world by making disciples among military members and first responders and equipping them to be disciple-makers and missionaries in their respective communities for the glory of Jesus Christ.